calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Seekers and welcome back to the League of Ultimate Questing, the unequivocal expedition exhibition. Teams of heroes get epic quests and we bring the action to your home through the magic of scrying signals, an innovation of the Nexus Enterprise. With me as always is, um, uh, <coughs> yeah, uh, it's me, me, uh, Stormclad Thundertongue, uh, the orc with the, um, stuff. Storm, what the heck is that noise? Oh, uh, oh. Yeah, that's, uh, that's just my, uh, stomach. Um, I, dang, I'm sure hungry. You know me, uh, I haven't eaten since breakfast. <laughs> Yesterday? Huh, because it sure sounds like a dog to me. A dog? That's just crazy. <laughs> Why would there, um, be a dog? Look, he's just a puppy. Ah, oh, come here, boy. His name is Sir Sniffington, and I love him. Uh, Storm? He's just a baby. I kept seeing a mortal dawn with their dog, and I always want it. I love dogs, Kip. Come on. Oh, he's just some tiny bird. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Oh, oh. So what's the big deal? Storm, I love dogs. I'm really glad you got a puppy. I just don't think we can have one in the booth with us. The noise. I can't leave Sir Sniffington all alone. I have to be there to protect him. Look at this little guy. Look him in the eyes. Look at him. <sighs> well, we'll get a tech person in here to scribe some runes of silence under the desk or something. Don't you worry, Storm. At least until he's big enough to stay outside. Him will be the biggest puffer in town. So, stay tuned as we check yes, in on the Mortal Dawn and their dire Mastiff Morty as they press on through a mini-quest quadrathlon on the League of Ultimate Questing. The Mortal Dawn were hired, unknowingly, by the twins Desmond and Delilah to go on a quick dungeon delve and recover some treasure, one of the artifacts they wanted to give as a gift to their father. When they entered the treasure room, though, they realized it was in fact two demonic gnolls in disguise who had fooled them and taken the guise of Desmond and Delilah, burying them in coffins in the middle of the desert. The party left just in time to recover them, saving them from their dark and subterranean fate and returned home to Lucinelli with a stash of new trinkets and goodies that they found in the depths of this small desert dungeon. So we find the party in their Lucinelli apartment, sitting around the table, covered with various enchanted items and baubles. What do we have? You guys don't... How are you identifying them? It's important. To oh, okay. Um, 
is there any how does one identify magic in usually there's a first level spell called identify that lets you knock it out that can be done as a ritual i don't think any of you have it otherwise you can spend some money and hire someone to do it yikes and if they are an attunement item then overnight you can figure it out although yeah. being the team you are you have the potential to learn the more common ones you learn that both of the long swords are plus one long swords um, they're a very old make they're one bladed and slightly hooked um, one of the potions is of greater healing the potion that resides inside of a stone vial is a potion of stone giant strength Ooh. Ooh. Um, the scrolls were very easy to identify one of them is an arcane scroll of blur and the other one is a divine scroll of aid cast at level three. And the remaining items on the table that seem a little too obscure and uncommon to simply figure out what they are with your arcane knowledge are the suit of leather, the ring, the staff, and the obsidian swan. How much would it cost us to identify those? With your league discount, you can do it for 50 gold per item. Per I will item. spend 200 gold to identify them all. Well, you found 215 in the dungeon, so you can kind of break even and have some change if you wish to do it. That sounds great. We've got the Predator's Panoply, which is a plus one suit of studded leather covered with patches and carvings of canines, raptors, felines, and bears. Whenever the wearer drops an enemy to zero hit points with a melee attack, for the, me for the next minute, uh, they gain advantage on their next melee roll. Once it's used, it goes away. Uh, Bind of the Baleful is an uncommon ring. This iron ring has a series of sharp barbs wrapped around it. Once per turn, the wearer of this ring can deal a two extra damage with an attack or spell they make. Uh, once per day, when the wearer of this ring deals damage to an enemy, they can trigger the ring's Sacrificial Smite. Sacrificial Smite, you increase the damage dealt by 3d6, but at the same time, you take 3d6. Um, there is the Staff of the Witness. This dark wooden staff is carved with two serpents coiling in a gem eye in their teeth. It functions as a plus one quarter staff. As per most staves, it has ten charges, and while holding it, you can use an action to expend one or more of its charges to cast one of the following spells using your own spell DC. One charge is see invisibility, one charge is remove blindness, and three charges is arcane sight. The staff regains a d4 plus one charges each day at dawn. And for those who don't know how wands, rods, and staves work, if it has one charge left and you use that charge, you have to roll a d20 and there's a chance that it will break forever. Um, so if you use the last charge and you need it in desperation, there's a chance it'll go away. Uh, Obsidian Swan is called the Shadow Wayfarer. This carving of a black swan is made of obsidian, and it is the symbol of the goddess of paths and maps. Once every ten days as an action, the owner of this figurine can invoke its power of transport. The owner and up to seven other allies will be transported up to 100 miles. The transportation must be out in the open, cannot pass through solid objects, but can go over walls, mountains, and trees. All targets must be in contact with the owner during the invoking. The transport must be done at night, and the owner must be familiar with the area or... Um, have it within view or mishaps may occur. We're going to have to figure out who gets what of this. I think the one that makes most sense for me, I maybe carry the stone giant strength. This potion seems helpful. Da? Yes. That in the scroll, I think you're the only one who can cast that spell. Da, you're right. What about you, Arvid? I just want the great healing potion, please. I, I, I get hit more than anybody. This is it? I mean, I can hold that swan for y'all. Hmm. This makes sense. We all fall unconscious and you pile our unconscious bodies on your back and launch us swan-wise into the, into the sun. How do you I think the staff would be useful for me. I of can take that. And then if no one else needs the armor, this better than the armor I currently wear. A little more clothes than I would be accustomed to, but surviving in combat is certainly advantageous. Think of it instead as adorning yourself with the corpses of other creatures. <laughs> um, I, I should probably take the scroll and... um. I would like the ring. I think I could make good use of it. 
Do you think you'll actually make use of it? To protect my team, I definitely will. You've had that coin for an awful long time and you have not used it. Presumably at the fear of dying. Do you think you have the vitality to handle something like this? Uh, I... willing to try. How about this? You use it or lose it. If you haven't used it in some amount of time, then I might ask for it back. Because I want to be able to nobly sacrifice myself. This is appropriate for my uh, persona. Well, if none of the team is interested in these longswords, I can probably get a solid 500 gold for them from the, on the market. This sounds good. Yes. I'm not going to use longsword. Neither me. I can't. Mm, duh. Well, I'll take care of that. Um, money from your last mission came in. So that's uh, 700 divided by four. I'm once again keeping the 50 for the finances and moving forward with the fish refinery. Uh, clean three hundo each, and you spent most of the money on getting them identified with a great discount. Well, I feel like the main bread and butter of that reward was a new grip of magic items. You're almost maxed out at this point. Duh. Hopefully I'll be able to make room for the uh, order I just made. And I seem very excited about it. Well, you've got two missions remaining on the roster of what I had presented. It sounded like you were interested in both, so... You made it back in time. If I invest a little bit and take some money to use for a teleportation, which we can get for just 100, which is a very steep bargain for a teleportation, uh, we can get you to the traveling troop. Which one of these is which? I'm having very hard time. Uh, the one that has the highest timeline as far as what you need to get done soonest is the escort mission, which is to defend a performing troop along a dangerous road. Uh, that will take you to Denain, which is on the opposite side of Leone. Duh. Ugh. Escort quest. I hate it. The last one available is the PR stunt in which you will be riding on an alchemically powered airship with some other nobles and celebrities. And in which there will be no actual stunts. Not actual physical stunts. Good. No. It is a turn of phrase. Uh, maybe what was the what the foliage? Where what kind of the what kind of land is the is the escort mission? <laughs> what kind of foliage. What's the is there can plants? Give me in detail breakdown and, of the foliage. Yeah, mostly, mostly arborvita. Hey, that's important. Is I, it is it like cold and mountainous, or is it like, you you know, the more plants or the less plants, the plants. You terrain, can't imagine the conifers. Think, yeah. <laughs> What's the terrain like? I think is the question. Um, that's it's, what I was trying to ask. It's autumn in Leone, so the weather will be fair. It might get a little rainy, um, but you are traveling uh, along the eastern border uh, near the Himmelhorn Mountains and traveling south to Saurus. The beginning town is a little bit close to Camaris, but Denain is a fairly safe village. How and, many miles would you say this is? Well, it's on the other side of a massive set of mountains and a wall. Damn, um, so we cannot launch ourselves swan-wise. I wouldn't advise it. Oh, you mean from here to there? Da. You could probably make it to Rogamia with the swan, if it functions as we think, but that would still probably leave you with five days on the road. I do not like if it functions as we think. Let's just pay for the... It's only 25 gold per... per person if it's a hundred gold. Well, that is a lot Teleport. of money and I want to use the swan. Da, okay. We'll do the smart thing and not swan launch ourselves. <laughs> um, Chris asked me to do a little research. It turns out there's just a little bit of bandit activity coming out of Dornheim these days. So the road in particular just needs some extra protection. Good call. I hold up my hand to Chris. And I ask, I give him a high five. Don't touch Ow. <laughs> That was um, not so bad. Good to know. Artyom doesn't mind high fives. Reginald, how many days are left of my potion suspension? Two days. Very good. I will get that arranged. I'll take... Oh, sorry. How long was this probationary? Ten days. Yeah. Not bad. No, our... our like the one we decided on. Oh, it was indetermined. Just think until they decide okay, otherwise. Cool. Yeah, they, the potion one was totally league-sponsored. This one was more your personal one. A league-sponsored probation? Yes. 
It was, le- it was sanctioned. It was league sanctioned. Sanctioned was you the word sh- my mouth wanted to say. Show up your probation officer and you're just like, this, this probation is sponsored by League of Legends. <laughs> you have a bracelet on your wrist and another one on your ankle. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Get you low-jacked. Damn. Well, um, let's head to the Silver, Silver Precinct and I'll get you all teleported to Denaim. The the person you are looking to meet is a Lady Guestly. She is in charge of the traveling performers. This is funny name, yes? Herothax nods. The, okay. I want to make sure. And you all head out to the Silver Precinct. He hires you a wagon. Um, it's just pennies. And he says, uh, I'll be sure to sell those swords as soon as I can and make some more purchases on the fish refinery while you're away. Be sure to stay in touch if you need anything. Are you taking Morty with you? And he's like sitting outside the wagon like... I've been spending a lot of time with Morty training him. He should be uh, an excellent help with us. I think he, he's grown up a lot. It definitely shows. I just ask because it means you will have to spend an extra 25 to teleport him. He's a very big dog. I will, I will put the 25. I gently unwrap a small piece of bacon from a napkin that I had in my pocket. Morty's ears already shoot up. And then I just hang it gently out of my coat pocket and turn my back. He gets down on all fours and then looks to Arvid. And then looks to Artyom and like wiggles his butt and his ears are twitching. He's like licking his chops. What is going on over here? I'm looking in this direction. He's like doing that thing where he like leans out his head like very carefully, like not nipping at it, but it's like brushing his lips, but he's not snapping it. <laughs> and the whole time he's like side eyeing Arvid with just like this massive like bloodshot puppy eye. And, and Arvid desprately trying to like mm, pr- <clears throat> prove your worth in his head and silently. In Roll me an animal head. Okay. <laughs> If you roll horribly, that bacon is gone. Oh, two out of a, and and that's a four total. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything I can do? And then he whimpers at me. You're it's still going- like in his mouth, but he's not chewing it. It's like you're not going to be punished for behaving the way you we expected you to behave. Morty, do you want to go bye bye in the wagon? Let's go bye bye in the wagon. Jumps in before anyone <laughs> even gets in the wagon. Maybe work on the food-based incentives. Oh, okay. But the Morty, I, this isn't your fault. It's mine. He, oh. Slorp <laughs> licks you on the face. He did better than I expected him to do. He held out a good 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, there's a crack of the lashes and the horse takes off. And you guys are brought to the Silver Precinct. You've been to this building before. It's the same structure you entered to get teleported to Heption's Ball. It's kind of a military arcane structure. Um, Maven exchanges some coins that he gathers from each of you. Um, I'll assume you can track that. And you are all very swiftly teleported to the village of Denain. Uh, It is a mining village, so a lot of it is built upward into the mountains. Part of the residential part of town is distant from the working quarry. So it seems like people leave in the morning, head up to the mountains, work all day, and then come back to their small villages. But the main thing that stands out is outside of the village, there is a huge pavilion tent surrounded by much smaller ones and very bright prismatic colors of purple and red and gold. And uh, there are some huge animals like wandering around outside. For those of you who haven't seen them before, there is an elephant um, that seems to be getting fed water and big bales of hay. And there are performers just kind of all milling about and going to work, seeming to set up for a big show. So this performing troupe is probably an entire circus. I'm so sorry. I completely, my brain just shat itself because it didn't realize that elephants ate hey i actually didn't know what elephants ate at all and that thought spiraled into this whole like existential crisis in my head for a split second and i just couldn't handle it what's going on i'm gonna adjust my mic real quick yeah (laughs) can you can you give me that description again i'm sorry i genuinely just my brain was going do elephants eat hay and that's all just that happened for like a good 10 seconds they eat a lot of stuff okay um (laughs) 
So a huge pavilion tent of very bright prismatic colors in purple and red and gold has been erected. And it seems there's an entire circus set up with some workers and stagehands just milling about, unloading things from wagons, setting up for what is in fact not just a performing troupe, but a full-on circus. What is all of this color? This is a circus. I've seen them once before. But I thought circus was when uh, the media does something incredibly stupid. Uh, I'm not as familiar with that. Maybe, maybe it is. Sometimes words have different meanings. Um, okay. But have you seen? Have you seen this? Lots of people they train. Uh, they train as fighters would, but just to look pretty, just to do pretty things. Look at hmm. look. They're doing acrobatics. Yes. I'm just making just the most incredulous face while simultaneously <laughs> making the most amazed face. It looks like just a constant shifting collage of faces. <laughs> you've you've seen this before. Remember the dancers in the sky at the ball. Nah, this is not, but no, we're near so much other things. What is that? And I point at the elephant. I do not, I don't know what that, it looks like a slonky nose horse. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I like this slongster. Master biologist, Arvind. <laughs> With a flawless animal handling like that, I'm not surprised. It, it looks very much like a hairless mammoth, which you have seen before. Oh, okay. Um. Slonky nose horse. <laughs> it's, a, it's a shaved mammoth, clearly. I'm sorry, the, the, the slonky nose mammoth. <laughs> uh, yeah, pack animals, like, you know. What were we here for again? Uh, we were going to... Es- wow. <laughs> we were going to... Uh, we wow. were going to escort them. <laughs> Where the hell that came from? Uh, what happened to us? Christian. <laughs> You've been lying to us about your accent this entire time. Oh, we got a Gaius Baltar going on. I don't know why that happened. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, this, whole, this whole thing's going off the rails. Man, we were killing it at like 11 o'clock. <laughs> uh, I believe we need to escort them somewhere. Okay. Da. For some reason, I completely forgot what we were doing when I saw this slunky nose horse. <laughs> and almost uh, as a beacon to draw you in a banner is being erected between two standing poles that when fully elongated spells out lady guestley's fair of the fantastic okay i'd say this definitely qualifies as fantastic um and it looks like there's someone erecting a ticket stand uh it's just a small cloth tent and there is a figure i need to get my list of npcs or i will be caught befuddled not that i'm not already it's naming everybody karen Mm, easy (laughs) Do you think we have to buy tickets if we're escorting them? Do you think they'll provide that as complimentary? If they do not, I am prepared to forfeit the quest on principle. <laughs> My experience with troopers has always been that they, um, they're they they're more sharing than, you, you know, they'll, they'll you get the bartering going, you know, the bartering. Do you mean if I give them some of my bucket bacon, they might let this in for free? I mean, like, if we're protecting them, they might let us in for free. Gotcha. Good. That gives me something to eat while I watch the show. <laughs> and uh, you see a little figure standing on a literally standing on like a bar stool that gets erected behind the little tent and it is a halfling with a large curled mustache wearing a fine little rolled up button shirt he has a completely shaved head um, and it seems like he's standing behind the counter and waiting for people to show up he's kind of just casually juggling some brightly colored balls <laughs> just casual juggling <laughs> just the cash jugs this person looks like they might know what's going on uh, is it okay if I step right up Oh, wow. (laughs) Well played. Fantastic. Mustaches bespeak authority. Presumably he knows what's going on. Well, I'd be pleased if you did. Step on up, everybody. Come get a ticket for tonight's show. 
Excellent. We're actually here from the League of Ultimate Questing to escort you on your way to somewhere, I can't remember. His his face kind of like lights up in surprise, being like, of, of course, the team. Um, You wait right here. I'm going to go get Lady Guestly, and she'll take you into the back tent and let you know what's up. Uh, it's been a busy day. Sorry, I was a little disorganized. He says, like, holding his pocket open and the three balls just kind of land in it and he closes it. Uh, my name's Hemsworth, by the way. I'm kind of the touring manager of this show. I kind of make sure everything's moving in the right direction. And he hopples down off of his little stool and runs around back. And uh, in just a few minutes, he returns uh, with a very tall, kind of purplish skinned tiefling with long curled horns. Uh, she's very tall and elegant. She has a pair of false wings attached to her back that make her look very much like a succubus wearing a gown. And she steps forward with a lot of grace and elegance. And she says, thank you. Thank you for coming. Um, you made it just in time. I can give you the details of the mission if you'd like to meet me in the tent in the back. Duh. But uh, first, I feel something must be clarified. We so, will all be allowed to see the show for free, yes? Yes, I think that seems fair, um, based on how things go in the tent. Marvelous. I'd be happy to give you a tour of the facilities before the show starts. Please do. Come with me. And she sits you down in a smaller brown pavilion tent that looks like it's made for a few beds, but kind of like a makeshift office erected in the back. It seems all of the tieflings I meet are giant women, and they all seem fantastic. Mm, part for the course. Very excited about this. Yes. The parameters of the mission as we sent forth a couple weeks ago were that we needed an escort down to Soros uh, along the border to Dornheim. But I think, um, not to be misleading in any way, um, we might need to change what we request of you. It would probably be much less work for you in the long run, but we're a little bit desperate at this point. Do you understand we're a little bit leery about sudden changes in the expectations? Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, well, let me specify my details and let you know the hardships that we've had over the past few days and... You can decide for yourself. I understand if you want to cancel, but I have to ask. So, when we were traveling north, we were moving along Midras and the wall, the Great Wall, between here and Chimaris. And I suppose it's sometimes common for airborne diseases to sometimes infect people. And I think some of the troop came down with something. Uh, we have a very highly skilled healer tending to them right now, but... I don't think they can perform tonight. And we had the opportunity that a few nobles were coming into town to view the show. So we're staying open for an extra evening. That's why we're actually re-erecting the tent. And I know this is a strange request, but because we're down several performers, well, could you... <laughs> the looks you're giving me are <laughs> fucking gorgeous. Looking around the table, uh, Alante is clapping his hands and grinning ear to ear. Zach's eyebrows are in his hairline. Uh... I just a lot of like um, excited grimaces. It's There's a difference between an excited grimace and a bad grimace and this one is excited. The I know exactly oh, no. what's coming grimace. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, Arvid's also already bubbly shaky. Well, I've been watching the League of Ultimate Questing for a while and I have noticed that your team for lack of a better term, tends to be quite showy in many ways. Only if you help us rebrand the costumes. I would be very fine with each of you if you seem to understand where I'm going with this. For the evening, any kind of aid you could give us in some kind of performance, be it magical or some kind of feat of extra supernatural abilities, um, these nobles could invest a lot and become sponsors of our troupe if we do a good job tonight. And after that, I think we're going to stay here for a while and might not need the escort because our people need to recover. Um, but of course, you could all have aliases, and we could help you with costumes. We have lots of makeup and extra wardrobe. Oh, yes, an alias. I'm certain that's going to work for our particular brand of <laughs> adventurers. <clears throat> you do bring a degree of celebrity with you. That's true. 
which could be to the benefit of the show. Reginald? I am here. It has come to my attention that I need to clarify League rules before I do certain things. <laughs> if we change the quest midway through the quest, does that affect our rewards or quest standings in any way? That is up to an agreement between you and the quest giver. Uh, the payment wouldn't change. I would still offer you the total of 600 like I did. Anything that is not escort quest is welcome. Mm -hmm. Anything beyond the work you do tonight will not be needed. Uh, we're going to be staying in Denain for a while. Excellent. I'm in favor of this. We still have some of our performers. Ringston, the Beastmaster, he's the one who takes care of our, our staff elephant, <laughs> as it were. And uh, he has a massive dire lion from Alcara that's very close to him. Uh, the creature is gentle as a lamb. Oh, I would love to meet this dire lion. But don't tell the audience that he's gentle as a lamb. Some of the intimidation is what gets their blood pumping. We've got Miliana the Feather. She's our aerialist. Brilliant half-elf. I would swear that gravity does not hold binds on her like it does us. Uh, we will have music for the evening. Gerwald is our music master. I've never seen an instrument that he can't play. Most of the rest of the crew has been taken ill. And Hemsworth will be managing things at the counter. He'll be entertaining people waiting in line with his juggling and jokes. And I will, of course, be doing my part as the ringleader. But yes, any kind of performance you could put on to eat up some time would be absolutely to our advantage. Well, uh, let's just kind of stretch out a little bit. I think we might be able to throw something together. Just a little something. Are you looking for one performance, multiple performances? I was hoping to have a couple of small opening acts with sort of a headliner. Ideally, something that can be done to music. Oh. Um, perhaps a, a magic or a dance number of some kind. I don't know how much time you have to routinely... I know that Krista uh, and I could easily throw together a light and, and a graphical show. Uh, and I myself... Ah, music, music. I need to talk to this Gerwald. How do you feel about dubstep? Because it's the only kind of music we create. <laughs> you do create a lot of bass. Uh, I'm not familiar with this genre. You will be. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've seen on the scrying stones that Arvid uh, has the ability to transform into some large animals. Animals are a big pole for our show, and there's only so much that our animal master can do with his elephant and his lion. I'm sure to help then. I honestly thought you were going to uh, talk about my excellent skills at throwing humans. Have you seen me do it? I'm pretty good. <laughs> you are renowned as the yeetest. <laughs> Thank you. Beautiful. I wouldn't request of you a strongman show. We already have Rothgar, the strongest man in Dornheim, but he's taken ill. That doesn't mean he's not on the poster, though. Fair enough. Well, let me know what I can get you. Speak with Hemworth if you need any costuming or any kind of help with choreography. I'll let you plan some things, but if we could open with some animals, you and the elephant and lion, even your gorgeous dog there, uh, would be welcome. I don't think anyone's seen a dog that big before. Allow us to work together and figure out what we'd like to do and we'll get back to you, huh? Yes, please. Um, there'll be still a few hours before the show begins, so tour around. Uh, try to maybe avoid the black tent. That's where the sick people are. You're still welcome to check it out, but be known that they are under intensive care right now. I have a lot to take care of. Um, well, thank you. Thank you. Of course. So, here's what I'm thinking. Two acts. Predatory, terrifying, monstrous kind of situation. Maybe as an opener, get everybody scared. And then we close with the two of us doing a uh, laser Floyd. A what? Laser Floyd? Uh, no, the word doesn't translate. Uh, <laughs> light show. Yes. That would be quite lovely. Light and sound, maybe you want to make nice, uh, nice rhythms and the music and things oh. like that, along with this Gerwald person, and then oh, I can, yes. I can explode with a bright flashing uh, zebdy zips. Yes, the bright side of the sun. Da, da, I like this bright side of sun. 
Very good. Yes. Well, cool. uh, you do. I mean, I'm sure you can throw together an animal event with uh, you, Marty, and this crazy alligator man. Yes. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, Dragonborn are pretty uncommon, right? They're not super common, yeah, especially a shadow scale like Hotofence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going straight to the Black Tent to make sure they don't all have the plague, right? You and me, because we know medicine. Duh, this is probably a good idea. Um, we might want to make sure that our uh, healing magic is ready. Very good. Um, so you have access to the circus. You get to meet any of the individuals that they spoke of, if you wish. And they will costume you up as you see but fit. But first we'll cut to Harothax and Artyom checking out the sick tent. As you enter, you see six figures laid out in beds. All of them still dressed in their full costume regalia. And some of them have very pale skin in their face, and just a little bit of dark shapes around their eyes and mouth. There is a woman moving to and fro amongst them, and there are some liquids bubbling on a table nearby in a very ornate alchemy set. She is wearing long green robes with white and gold stripes going down them. And as soon as someone steps in to cast a shadow, without even looking up, she said, I would really appreciate it if you gave me a little more time. I'm very busy right now. And then she looks up and says, oh, I'm sorry, who are you? Medical professionals, here to help. I was not informed that I would have any assistance. Um, my name is Kersha. It's nice to meet you. And I'll have you roll me a real quick religion check. Cool. Natural 20. Fantastic. You've never seen one of these before, but you've heard about them ever since you started studying surface religion. This is a Geldenerian priest. They are considered a very sacred kind of cleric in that their duty is to heal everyone. It doesn't matter. They don't judge people based on alignment. They don't hunt people down. They are masters of the medical arts. And it is considered a horrible like curse on your karma to damage a Galenarian priest because no matter who you are, they will treat you. And they must have gotten in touch with one in their travels and had her come along. So you know just based on reputation, they are masterful medics. I understand you're a Galenarian priest. That's true, yes. This is a very high honor for me. I am a servant of Bren, as you may notice. She looks at your holy symbol. I understand. I imagine suffering in your land of work is uh, closely associated. The gods give many gifts. I, I audibly like chortle at that and just, sorry. I, I understand. I've spent many years in Alcara. I know quite a few Bren priests. So uh, what do we have here? They've taken some kind of airborne pathogen near the walls of Chimaris. I fear the origin is somewhat undead in nature, but with my treatment and once my poultice is finished, I think we can have them recovered by the morning. It just needs to ferment for a little while. For the time being, I'm keeping them cool and making sure they're as comfortable as possible. They're somewhat sedated. Anybody in any immediate danger? Well, the large one, I think they said his name was Rothgar. He got it pretty bad. Um, He has been having trouble breathing, but I currently have some wooden tubes affixed into his mouth to help him have access to his own windpipe so it doesn't swell shut. I see. I may be able to help. I could definitely use some help finishing my poultice. There's two hands are only so much. I can perform some lesser lesser restorative magic. Do you think that might assist? I, too, have these gifts. Mm. Did not do much. It did give them a little comfort, so you're welcome to do it, but it did not remove the nature of the disease. I see. Unfortunately, if I had known that we had been given any information, I might have been able to prepare something a little bit more useful, but like this, uh, there's not much I can do other than basic maintenance and care, but it seems we have a show to prepare for. Well, if you have even an hour, I could use an extra set of hands in this poultice. Duh. I think we can do this. We can probably improvise something, duh. 
hopefully we'll be pretty good at improvising our show. Yeah, I'll just slap down a old medicine checker in here or yeah. something. So you guys, roll, if you want to help as well, all yeah. three of you can roll medicine checks and we'll kind of look, look at an average to see how well she works on this poultice. Bed. Not great. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. That's a, that's a nine. Mm-hmm. Mine's an 11. Okay, well, she got a 23. So overall, even with that, your help is still greatly appreciated. Just because there's only so much she can do with her two hands. She's so, okay, now exactly at this time, three drops of this and turn down the heat. Mm-hmm. Just the things that she absolutely needs assistance with. Oh, wait. Is this something? Ah, okay. Sure, I'll give you advantage on I, this. I was going to taste that some bitch. See yeah, what yeah. she's trying to make. Cool. So in the middle of working on everything, you dab a little on your pinky and pop it in your mouth. Another four. Same exact roll. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. boy. <laughs> oh, as soon as you do that, she's like, I wouldn't put that in your... Oh. <laughs> and it's just really gross, bitter, grainy. It's all you're going to taste for hours. Ugh, this is like babushka stuff. I hate it. <laughs> it's not for consumption. No. Not until it cooks down for quite a while. Um, but Just like is... babushka stuff. <laughs> <laughs> We've made good work here, though. I think in the morning this poultice will be ready. And I will be keeping a close eye on them, rest assured. I will... uh, glad we helped. <laughs> I feel like we were very useful. <laughs> she might be humoring you a little, but she seems very gracious. I will, of course, come and ask for any assistance should any new symptoms show up. But it sounds like you have a busy evening ahead of you. But uh, I only wish I had more time to talk with you about your practices. Well, it's uh, not a common thing to hear from people of my type, but break a leg. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. So what kind of preparations would the Mortal Dawn like to make for their live show? As soon as uh, Artyom's done, I, I think he'll find him and say, I think we should go speak to the Gerwald. Um, you might want me to wash my hands first. Uh, yes, you should do that <laughs> first. So I just like pull out a brick of uh, lye soap and I just start scrubbing the fuck out of every mm, inch of tingly. my like, forearms. <laughs> so I, I had a couple ideas. I mean, our magics can work very beautifully together. Maybe anything beautiful I create is by accident. This is probably best under your control. Mm. Well... I think for a finale, maybe we should um, shatter your fireball for a beautiful explosion. That could be very cool and very deadly. Oh, we yes. have to make sure that the fire marshal has been here recently to oh. check up on that everything is up to code. Oh, yes, 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 of course. But I, I definitely feel like it would be a beautiful show if maybe I can do like an operatic singing, dancing thing. So I'm thinking maybe um, it could even be a fantastical battle between us. Mm. I can absorb your elements, do an intricate dance. Light versus sound. Mm. Sandstorm. (laughs) (laughs) I like light versus sound as a theme. Okay. Yeah. And and at the end, I think it just shows how beautifully we can work together. Duh. I like this. This is very good. Yes. How about you two? Have you been planning anything? Harthox, should we speak to the Beastmaster? Oh, I thought you were going to say speak to the beasts. The most impressive animals that I've ever seen are moose <clears throat> and probably that cat thing we saw in the... <laughs> Maybe polar bear. Well, we saw an owl bear. Uh, I mean, I could give it a try. I'm not great with animals. I tend to eviscerate them more than take care of them. But I can do fortune telling. 
I think we're playing on you looking like an animal. I think that's what they were getting at. Oh, I see. I look like an alligator, so I'm just going to dress up in the green lizard man suit and pretend that I'm a crocodile. If you dress up like green lizard man suit, somehow I feel like this defeats purpose. <laughs> um, and as you guys are talking, you see the little halfling. like just, He's been darting all over the place, checking in on people. His ears kind of perk up, and he said, Did you say fortune telling? Yes. If you want to entertain the line, they love fortune tellers. We haven't had a fortune teller in seasons. What do I get out of it? Well, it would be part of your job, I suppose. It sounds like Lady Guestley squared everything away with you. You wouldn't have to get on stage in front of people. You could be outside doing your own particular brand of entertaining. Herthak smiles, and it's creepy as fuck because my mouth is huge. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> we can set you up a mini tent, make it all spooky inside. Do you need me for your act? Uh, I'll just talk to the Beastmaster. I think you and Morty might be a better show than you and me. I think maybe you're just using your natural showmanship. Think about it. You introducing monstrous, fantastical beasts, warning about the horrors of the dark jungles, ah. things like this, and all just spotlight on you. All right. Yeah. And you could just scare the fucking shit out of everybody in the goddamn audience. Are you going for a spooky thing? Because we can set up some fake bones in the tent. <laughs> I, Herthax. <laughs> fake. I pull out real bones. <laughs> Ooh, those are well made. Where'd you buy those? I spit one out of my mouth. Oh, I see. <laughs> ah, let me just massage my gizzards, and there they are. Hey, I'm all for authenticity. <laughs> you mean you want to meet with Ringston? Yes, please. Sure. Is, is Ringston the ringmaster? No, he's the animal tamer. Oh, okay. Oddly enough. Uh, and you are brought out back to a young man who has uh, long braided blonde hair and caramel-colored skin. He has uh, a lot of tribal tattoos on his arms. Hello. Uh, are you the ones that Miss Gessley told me about? Uh, yes, my name is Arvid. This is our dog Morty, uh, and our our uh, uh, this is Harthax. <laughs> this is our our our. This is Arthax Harthax. <laughs> I'm the face, if you couldn't tell. Oh, uh, well, it's really nice to meet you both. He says, holding up this cabbage before this entire gray elephant mouth just consumes his forearm and slides off. Crunch, crunch, crunch. So slonky. <laughs> <laughs> So slonky. Uh, this is Candlestick, our elephant. She's beautiful. She is. She's a kind soul, he says, kind of rubbing her trunk. So uh, I heard that there might be some more beast shows tonight. Um, more animals is always great. Uh, I need to meet them first, perhaps. Uh, yes. Yeah, so and who's this big boy? And Morty immediately like, wiggles over to him, and he seems to just have this really keen relationship. Like Morty's being very calm, despite his wiggly butt, and pets him on the head. Says, You're a good boy, aren't you? Yes, you are. You're from the Northern Mountains, aren't you? Burf, burf. Yes, you are, scorching his cheeks. That's amazing. You're so good with him. Oh, dire hounds are not common in Mackinac. They only tend to be natural in a few regions. Not too far from where we were just last year. I could use any any advice you might have in helping him. I, I'm trying to get him to be a little less rambunctious. Mm, he's still a puppy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Slapping him on the butt. We can talk about that. <laughs> well, what are you planning for the show? Uh, I can I can transform. I've I've not seen too many wondrous animals. I also just completely lost the character voice for the last three sentences. Whoops. So you will be transforming then. You will be the animal. Um, the the only ones that I think are really good that I know are uh, my my favorite goat form. Um, are those real? Pointing to your horns. Yes. Do you want to touch them? I do very much so. <laughs> well, just give me a quick breakdown of what you want to do, and I'll help you however I can. Okay. Uh, here, I'll try to draw some pictures. I've seen a moose. I've seen... Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, well, I like the I like the goat. It sounds more like a ram to me. Yes. How good is the goat at jumping? Um, it's pretty... the goat. 
I don't get it. <laughs> um, uh, I'm very good at jumping, especially as a goat. And I also have some ability to magically enhance that. I've, uh, I've made some pretty incredible jumps. Fantastic. Here's what I'm thinking. You and the elephant and the lion, I will be controlling the lion and it'll be scaring the audience being its huge, terrible beast that it is. And while that's happening, perhaps you can do some rings around the elephant, possibly jump through some hoops. And uh, for the finale... I'm thinking animal pyramid, elephant, uh, dire lion, giant goat, dog. That sounds amazing. Do you think you can jump high enough to get onto the elephant with your dog? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The would, dog on the back? With, on... I mean, he seems, I don't know how big this goat is. Whichever one of you is the smallest would be the one who's on top of the pyramid. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe that, yeah, Morty, Morty's a little smaller than I am as the, uh, yeah, as the massive goat. Very good. Uh, well, that's a plan. And you guys can spend the next little bit talking to the animals and you can plan out how you want to introduce them. I think it would be great if you talked to the audience during the animal show. I can turn invisible. We could use smoke bombs and I could just appear and disappear at will. We do have smoke bombs, yes. While he's doing this, I'm actually, while all this is happening, sure. I'm going to be running around finding kids and like playing around with them, having fun, and then doing things like like casting light on their random objects and like making fun. things glow and like giving them like little glow sticks and things like that nice. and just doing little light shows with vomiturgy. Cool. There's not that many kids out yet, but any of the ones that do are absolutely delighted by your light show. Awesome. All right. So if there's no other uh, things needed, we'll assume you guys all get into some kind of costume, which we can describe during the show. Uh, are we talking to Gerald? Oh, absolutely. That's right. Um, you go and find this dwarf who is sitting on a barrel, and he has what looks like maybe seven different uh, instrument cases sitting around him. And it looks like he's adjusting the strings on this like eight-stringed, large-bodied bass what, what is that? I've never seen it. It looks beautiful. Ah, it's a dwarven bass. Bling, uh, bling, bling, bling. Got a nice rich sound to it. Yes. Uh, oh, uh, sorry. Uh, my name is Chris Grand. It's a pleasure to meet you. Uh, Gerwald, nice to meet you. I'm Konstantinovich Volkov. Nice to meet you as well. I hear you're helping with the show tonight. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm very excited. Aren't you, Artyom? Very much so. Pleasure to have you. Yes. I'll be doing some accompaniment with whatever it is you plan to go. If you don't want to think too far ahead, I'm pretty good at improvising. Yes, yes, please. Um, I'm thinking um, kind of maybe an opera-style battle, light show. <laughs> I know it's a bit complicated, but... The theme uh, being light versus sound. Or yes. I guess you could even say lightning versus thunder. Yes. Oh, that's pretty cool. I like that. Either you got a good singing voice. I'm not much for the pipes myself. I sound like garbage being poured over angry rocks. Yes, which is great for the element you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, it'll be my um, first time singing in front of a crowd, but yes. Well, trial by fire then, eh? Uh, indeed, <laughs> if only you knew. Well, what kind of accompaniment can I get for you? You need some percussions? I can do percussion and play a mouth harp at the same time. Um, I th whatever you'd like, but I was also gifted this, um, this, um, fey flute. A fey flute? Yes, I wonder if there's any residual magics that might enhance our show. And I just show him the flute. Hmm, doesn't seem to be enchanted. It's old, really old. Mm, maybe it'll carry beautiful ancestral music with it. Well, maybe you can open up your little bit with a bit of a flute. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Got me. Sorry. It's, it's a non-standard verb. <laughs> just, just, just have a bit of a flute. 
not having been there for the Feywild episode, I've been deliberately imagining it's actually a champagne flute this whole time, and that you guys were at some sort of high society party. That's awesome. Yeah, ever since you've gone, it's just been fucking cocktail shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, Artyom, I believe that uh, we both might know Elvish, right? The, well, my version of Elvish might be a little bit different from yours, but yeah. But uh, it's something the audience might not know. Maybe that would be a good language for us to sing in. Yeah, mine is definitely more guttural, and it, uh, the, the verbs are a little different. We conjugate things differently, but yeah. I think it actually it fits things rather well if I'm going for more of a fire and brimstone kind of thing. Yes, and I will be the more uh, ethereal one of us. Yes. To say the least. Oh. What's your plan for the big finish? Um. Well, tell us if you think this is too much, but uh, I was thinking of using my magics to shatter his fireball in a beautiful high voice. I've met some wizards who have the ability to use magic and fire and things without hurting anybody. Can you do that? I don't know if I can. Can I? Hmm. I definitely cannot. Only with your Radiance of Dawn can you choose? Da. The other thing that's worth considering is I do not have to uh, light the fireball. I can just use flaming sphere, hmm. which is more static and more of a solid object, which would be easier to explode. I've seen one of them before. They kind of bounce around, too. They do. Maybe you can uh, chase it around with it while he's doing a bit of a dance, and then to finish it off, he explodes it. If we hmm. measure the diameter of the ring pretty carefully, I think we can make sure your spell doesn't hurt anybody. Awesome. This uh, sounds good. Yes, and um, in case of emergencies, I can probably absorb... A good few hits, good few elements. Even. Hey, you bang yourself up all you want. If you hit the audience, <laughs> we're liable. Fair enough. Um, yes, and any other input or thoughts you have would be greatly appreciated. Very good. Let's do some practicing. And true to form, the mortal Dawn is faced with a very different job than they thought they were getting themselves into. Well, in this line of business, we all feel like a clown a time or two. But this brings the dancing for dithers metaphor to a whole new level. These are powerful trained combatants. Deadly spellcasters and tactical experts. It's a slap in the face to ask them to dress up and dance around putting on a show. But damn, that does sound like a lot more fun than murking bandits from the back of a wagon. But will the Don's unique skill set translate well to the dirt stage of the Three Ring Circus? Well, they do have a penchant for loud noises and bright lights. Probably better suited his stage decks for Bash Cast Thrash Smash. I've got five gold, says someone loses an eyebrow. Stay tuned after this word from our sponsors to see the Don make the crowd go wild, or literally bring down the house. Either way, it's gonna be intense. Oh! No! Inside War. Alec Tomes here. Welcome back to Inside War. The only show brave enough to speak the truth. Let's talk about King Almsor III, descendant of generations of Leone noble blood. This is not a noble king. This is a mouthpiece. Gold vacuuming, brainwashed construct in the pockets of the Eyeless are magisters. They want to give your homeland back to the elves. This man has been lobotomized by underdark beasts, the brain-eating kind. I've seen the scars. I know the warning signs. You ever seen him without the ivory crown on? Perfect cover-up for illithid hickeys. Puppet King. Queen Mianala, the naked lady in the big gold chair, can't stop giving her land away to the Drakkar. A bunch of homeless, scaly, planar refugees show up on the back of a giant turtle, and she bends herself over a barrel to let them take more and more of the human landscape and turn them into freaky lizard sex dungeons. They're led by lizard men. Now you might say, Alec, those are dragonborn. 
But if it looks like a fish and it stinks like a fish, it's a lizard man. Lizard men stink. Don't forget to buy my stat-boosting, naturally, scientifically pure supplements. Zero side effects. Harness your inner beast. Make it feel like a man. Feel strong. Buy our pills. Speaking of alchemy, we got the high tower of shady council mages in Andesign puppeteering the alchemy guilds to dump their toxic waste into the drinking water. It's turning our fighters into bards. It makes me so mad. I'm ready to roll initiative. You think I'm scared of your ninth level spells? I eat meteor swarms and conspiracy for breakfast, and I shit the truth. Insight War on Late Night Nexus. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hey all you cuties, this is Zach, and we are at the end of my favorite month, October. Happy early Halloween to all you beautiful people who support the show. Speaking of, I'd like to take a moment and thank all of our new Patreon subscribers. I don't know what we did to get so many of you so excited to help us fund this stupid-ass show, but I can't express my gratitude enough. This is a crazy amount of support, and we desperately appreciate it, so thank you all so much. Specifically, thanks to Dean Warwick, or Warwick, depending on how English you are, Zan Cam, which might be the most bitchin'-ass sci-fi name I've ever heard, uh, Frederick Erickson, which spells like and sounds like a very Viking lord name, and I'm very excited about that, Dan Worster, or should I say Dan Bester, eh? Huh? Oh. Uh, Jen Finch, who is also known as Ook Ook, which I can't tell if that's a Venture Brothers reference or just expressing your love for primates, but either way, good for you, Jen. Uh, Justin Myers, who has been showing that law and Zach love for so very long and who we love so very much, so thank you. Uh, Danar, which is literally the word for Macedonian currency, which I think is appropriate for a donation. <laughs> um, and Jer Smith. Jer Smith. Sorry, Jer. That's just like... There's just not a lot to work with there. Oh, wait. Wait, your handle. Oh, their net handle is Azrael. You are a guardian angel, Jer. Wait. No, wait. Azrael is an angel of death. Wow. What an emotional roller coaster this has been. Thank you, Jer. Uh, anyway, we can't thank our Patreon supporters without shouting out to our legendary team, Jeff Ammons and Dave Mladenov. You guys are fantastic. And I just, uh, it's too much. Really, all the support is just too much. Uh, if you love the show and want to help us out, there's two big ways to do that. One is to throw money at us via Patreon, or you can send us an email uh, to admin at if you want a personal message on the show, which we totally do. Like, that's a thing. 
the other way is to just get us out there. Word of mouth is the only game in town for us right now, and we definitely can't afford to advertise. So if every person on here got two people to listen, that would be just life-changing for us. Um, this m month has made a huge difference for us, and we just want to thank you all again. Uh, Tori had some scheduling issues this week, so I edited this bad boy, and it was a lot of raw content, so I had fun with that. Uh, sorry in advance if it sucks. I'm Rusty. Uh, but anyway, let's get back to the action. Gandalf, you have to deactivate the blade trap, or we're all doomed! I would, but my reach is only five feet, and the button is eight feet away! Ah! Whoops, should have brought a ten-foot pole. If you're searching for traps or you fall down a hole, never take a quest without your ten-foot pole. We will cut to the time of the performance. There's a large line formed out of Lady Gessley's Fair of the Fantastic Pavilion Tent. And you see a halfling standing on a stool, taking money with one hand and juggling with the other, introducing people, saying his usual step right ups and things like you've never seen before. And on the other side of this line, there is a tent, uh, which has been erected to have Harithox do some fortune telling before the show starts. So let's go ahead and roll a couple of skill checks. We'll say you're doing three right off the bat. Okay. What kind of skill would you like to use for your... Well, I have the Augury spell mm -hmm. and I have Arcana. I think we determined that if you're using basic non-spell slot stuff, we were going to use your arcana for kind of reading the bones sort of okay. stuff. You have plenty of time for like pageantry, like right. before you roll the bones, say your things. So you've got a, a young, recently married couple that okay. are very interested in getting the, their future lives together. All right. So I got wheel, woe, or wheel and woe with Augury. <laughs> Tell us. Uh, that is a 21 total. Mm, what kind of things do you say and do? Have each of them mark a stick, and then I will uh, use acid to draw more elaborate lines on each of the sticks, mm. and then Haruthax will say, Now, I have enchanted these sticks. I shall cast them with the rest of these objects, and I shall tell you what to expect. I roll. They look eagerly. And what do you tell them? I will tell them. Well, do I get a sense of, of what... Uh, with a 21, what what do I see yeah, for you, their Yeah, you marriage? actually sense that um, there's probably a little bit of tension between them and uncertainty. Okay. But there's no, no shortage of love. I can see you are newly married. <laughs> this comes with challenges. Be patient with one another. Your relationship is a just thing, but I believe if you stick with it, I see great things for you. The first got marriage counselor to ever roll the bones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They eagerly thank you and they go back out and it's assumed you'll have a few more. Yeah, I let them I let them keep the sticks that they marked. Aww. Yeah, as a souvenir. Mm. Actually, I tell them they can buy the stick for one silver piece. <laughs> they can keep them as souvenir. They each give you a silver piece for the stick. Oh, just one silver for both sticks. Oh, what a deal. <laughs> <laughs> and they eagerly say, I can't wait to show this to our children. And uh, so I, uh, as they leave, I say, it won't be long. <laughs> nice. That's cute. I like that. Um, the stage is set, the lights are down, the audience is gathered. Most of them are just standing. The tent has just been erected. There's not a lot of seating. But you can pack quite a few people into the rims of this tent. 
and Lady Gessley steps onto the stage with a ball of fire floating above her wig that seems to illuminate her from the head down. Gathered throng, welcome to Lady Gessley's Fair of the Fantastics. You are in for a special treat this evening, for we have some guest performers with us, the likes of which you will never see again. This side of Alcara, to east of Dornheim, and north of the Oilstone Mountains. Prepare yourselves for a night of the Fantastic. And she disappears in a cloud of fire and smoke. And <laughs> uh, we open with the aerialist, Million of the Feather, uh, as there is a series of rings and ropes hanging down from the ceiling. And she begins by very lazily kind of climbing up this pole and stretching herself out onto one. And she seems to slip and fall for a minute, but at the last second she catches herself. And for the next five minutes, she continues to just turn and rotate, transferring from rope to rope, climbing, casually sliding through rings. And she's practically floating on air and the audience is just delighted by this very casual expertise that she is enacting. And next up, we have the animal show. And Herothax is gestured by Lady Gessley to go out onto the stage. Okay. And says, do you need lighting? Um, yes. She snaps and a ball of fire begins to float above your head. Just well, like so we had. can we can set up the, like, beforehand, right? Mm-hmm. Can I have the aerialist uh, drop a smoke bomb right at the end of their act? Perfect. Yeah, this is the kind of stuff, so let me know what they, what's happening. So okay. uh, when you are introduced and she's beginning to climb down, she hurls down a little cloth pouch. Which okay. <laughs> yeah. So Herothax will get in position while the smoke is up. And then as the smoke clears, I'm standing still. So there's mm-hmm. no one in the middle. And then I will just appear just out of nothing right in the middle of the stage. Nice. So the smoke clears, nothing, and then you yeah. appear from invisibility. Exactly. And the audience goes, <gasps> what do you say? <laughs> from the darkest jungles of the free isles to the highest mountains, the king of the jungle. All right. And there's a... And roll me a persuasion check as you're doing this. Persuasion. 22. Fantastic. Something about the just the tenor of your voice and the fact that you're such an exotic creature therein of yourself uh, gets the audience absolutely riveted. And then right as the lion's coming on, I just step into a shadow and disappear again. Yeah, and the lion does a quick prowl around the audience, does a couple <laughs> claws out, and they step back in fear. And then there's a crack of a whip. Uh as Ringston steps on and he holds a palm out and the lion steps forward and puts his paw on it. And then there's this as the back of the tent is open and this huge lumbering elephant candlestick, uh, the slonky horse. What was it? Slonky Slonky nose nose horse. horse. (laughs) Slonky nose horse uh, treads in and the audience just opens a swath for it to step through. And it lumbers and rears up on its hind legs and lets out a bellowing trumpet that shakes the wood and the hanging tent and everyone is absolutely in awe. And next it is Arvid's turn. Are they already doing the, they're already doing their ascent. Is that what's up? They, they already started or they're just so kind the, of. The elephant around. is in the center doing a thing like going up on its hind legs, doing small tricks. And you were told to kind of do some rings. They've set up some jumps for you. Yeah. Um, so like jumping hoops, perhaps uh, doing some like ball balancing, mm. just kind of around as, as various feats of agility and athleticism. Sure. And is Morty doing anything? He is such a good boy. Um, <laughs> Let's see. He should probably be with me because he needs some amount of guidance, right? Sure. He can just kind of follow in your wake and do everything the goat do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I make a recommendation? What? Have it play that Morty is chasing you like the sheepdog and you keep escaping him and just like dodging and running away from Morty. That's brilliant. I love that. Okay. Yes, it's canon. (laughs) Um, I like that. 
All right. So first, roll me an animal handling for your training Morty to do this performance before the show started. Is that a six? That um, is a six. Six plus two, so eight. Not so great. Does All the right. animal handler help her? Yes. Advantage? We'll give you advantage. That's Yay. a great point. You did say he was going to help you. Excellent. Hey. So a, a natural eight, one on the is. other die. Yeah. Eight it is. So Morty's not on point right now. Um, he's kind of confused by all these people. You think you would have had it down if it weren't for all these eyes on him, but he has nervous mm -hmm. tension. And he's just kind of like actually chasing you, like trying to play right now. Um, but go ahead and do me an athletics check for leaping over the rings and balancing on top of these very small wooden platforms. You have advantage on the balance too because you are a goat and they have that thing. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So that's a much better, what is it? 24. 24? Jeez, you guys are way above the average I was planning at this point. <laughs> um, despite Morty just being a goofball. But the audience kind of likes it. They're like into the fact that he's stopping and licking kids and then going <laughs> running back to you <laughs> at that point. And then it's time for the big animal finale. And these physical feats you're doing, even for a, like a trained small creature, would be impressive on how you're balancing. But just like on your tippy-toe hooves, managing to accomplish these feats of balance. Um, the big finish. So I need you and Morty to both roll me an athletics check to leap onto the back of the elephant and up onto the uh, the lion. And you could have cast a jump in advance if you wanted. You did, did say you wanted to. For sure. So that'll give you advantage on it and make your <laughs> jump distance ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So that's Morty. Um, got a 15 plus whatever his, if he gets any bonuses. You do. Uh, and then I get advantage and I have triple jump. Um, it's not that amazing, but it's like a 11 plus 25 plus um what are we talking about oh Athletics. yeah plus the jumps mm -hmm. the, the tripled tripled so still a 16 where am i what am i doing <laughs> so despite the binds of physics you managed to stack elephant lion dire goat dire dog the audience absolutely goes nuts. They didn't think the dog would make it, but Morty kicks his back legs and wiggles his way up onto Arvid and just proudly on top of it, like his head cresting the top of the tent. And the audience just cheers and the lights go down as the pyramid is very carefully and slowly deconstructed. And then we'll move on to the final act. So this will happen in kind of a set of three. I'll have each of you roll me a skill of your choice, depending on what you're doing. And one of your roles for these th sets of three can be at advantage because Gerwalt is helping you with his music. Cool. Um, what are the three roles going to be? That's up to you guys to decide. Oh, I mean, you can choose. Like for the first one, you'd be like, I'm going to be dancing for this one, so I'll do dexterity. The next sure. one will be like, I'm going to do a light show, so religion. Because the way I figure it, it's going to be, like you said, like a battle with dueling dueling banjos, kind of like a dueling uh, sure, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, so I was thinking of casting uh, enhance ability on both of us since I can cast it at third level to yeah. double up. Um, I just don't know which one it should be. I'm personally thinking uh, charisma because I'm probably going to have to do perform if I'm going to not look like an asshole up there. Well, he did say religion for light show. True. Yeah. Religion so. for light show, uh, probably dexterity for dance and, and like, uh, or just for composure and holding myself together. Mm -hmm. um, and charisma for me would help just because yeah. you know. you're actually trained in performance. So you can use dancing and singing with your charisma. Cool. Cool. Will I have to do that? Depends on what you want to do. You can change it turn to turn. Like if one didn't go well, the next one you'd be like, I'm going to choose to do this this time. Since I'm going lightning and you're going sound, or since I'm going light and you're going sound, I think having me do more of like a fighting thing rather than a performance thing. So more dex. So a lot more like uh, chase and tumbles and things like that and less performance. So I'll go dex and whatever. You've got hella charisma, yeah? Yes. Yes, I do. Cool. I'm going to go ahead and give myself bonus on wisdom checks just because. Wisdom. Or okay. both of us. Or I can't. 
split between the two of us. Right? You can just cast two second levels and do yeah, them that's separately. Yeah, that's fine. I'm fucking being so, a tit. Uh, yes. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Haruthax is still invisible in the middle of the stage. Mm-hmm. You can announce it. I was going to say, I could announce you, and then if you want, I could cast Hunger of Hadar to create this giant black whispery sphere, and then you guys' entry could be blowing that sphere of blackness apart with sound and light. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that very cool. much. So go ahead and give us right. your introduction to Christ and Artyom's show. And of course, describe the costumes you're wearing when you come on. For sure. So... Haruthax will will spread. Uh, well, I'm, I've been hiding them the whole time. My costume. Okay. <laughs> I've got wings that I spread as I reappear after the animal show, mm. and I'll I'll do the announcement, and then do you guys want to do costumes your costumes now or when you show up on stage? Um, what do you think? When they show? when they appear? Yeah. Okay. The big reveal. All right. So Haruthax spreads wings and says, and now. From deep below ground, in the darkest corners of the earth, and the shifting sands of Alcara, where the sun never sleeps, I give you the Lord of Light versus Dancing Thunder. And I, I drop my hand down and I cast uh, Hunger of Hadar, which mm-hmm. just opens this big blacky sphere. Audience and then dead. <laughs> wires, wires pull me up. Out of the top of the blackness with my with my fake wings outstretched. Roll me an acrobatics check to see how good that looks. Because I can see how really good kind of crooked do, could, like could, could I could I just do performance again? Sure, yeah. Okay, all right. My performance is a lot better than my acrobatics. That's fair. All right. I'm going to talk you guys up a lot when you come out here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, let's see. 14 plus what? 18. Hey, that's fine. Yeah. All right. There's a struggle from behind to lift your weight, but you manage to rise up and then vanish in the shadows above. So, you both enter the stage. I am wearing what looks like just a simple robe with long sleeves. Really, really long sleeves. Mm-hmm. But every time I move sh- like aggressively, you realize that all of the long flowing things are actually dozens and dozens of streamers. Mm-hmm. That when I move, they the white turns into what like flame. Sure. So I shift and suddenly reds and yellows and oranges all settle. That's cool as fuck. <laughs> and Lady Gessley backs she's like, I'm so glad we had that costume made. <laughs> uh, and uh, Chris, actually, it's something sim- somewhat similar. It's, um, I would describe it as like a Nordic burlesque outfit, like in silvers and whites. Those yeah. are two words that I've never heard in that combination before, Nordic but I'm burlesque. into it. Yeah, like, you know, like imagine if like Odin were to do a burlesque show. That's what it would be. I can picture that too easily. Yes. Are they <laughs> like braided beard tassels? Is that right? <laughs> You'll see if you watch the show. Like little tiny buckler pasties? Yes! <laughs> oh, so much, yes. So I figure the way I wanted to do this is at first, every time I take a step, mm. you make a loud explosive oh. thunderclap. Oh, I'm reverberating. I'm going to start beating my chest. It's reverberating. And it starts echoing. So I walk and I keep hearing this like sudden thunder and I turn and I, and I see him and I try to chase him off. And then I turn and I take another step and there's another thunder and then I try to like chase him off. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then every time I go anywhere, he follows. Yes. Right. And as the thunder begins to build, the clouds of smoke from the hunger of Kadar are slowly being pushed away and dissipating. So I'm going to have each of you roll me your first roll of your choice and let me know what you're doing. Uh, dexterity. Okay. And you gave yourself advantage. Oh, I did? Didn't you say dexterity? I said wisdom. Oh, okay. That's right. But, oh, you said I could have one thing advantage for free from the guy, right? If you want to use that now. I will do that. Okay. So his bardic inspiration as the first note of music comes on. Critical failure. Or natural. What was the first one? 
Uh, it was a nine. Okay. And Chris, are you doing performance? Um, I I can Four. choose the same. Is it like this isn't like a normal skill like you challenge? Can't... You can do the same thing over and over. Yes, it, it is performance. Okay. That is a twenty. A twenty. All right. So as the show begins, it is very clear that the dancing thunder has the advantage over the Lord of Light. As you cannot seem to catch up, Chris is just moving and twirling too quickly for you to even keep up with your movements are dexterous and warrior-like in nature as he's getting really close chris is kind of caught off guard like surprised that he can do so well and is actually thunderstepping away mm. which is catching mm. master mm-hmm. atium off guard yeah yeah i like it and so realizing that i'm fucking clumsy as shit right now and not keeping myself together i'm playing it more like a, like i'm upset because i want him to go away and i just right. want my beautiful light without any sound almost um, comedic opening exactly yeah, and plus you're getting, a, every time you take a really uh, intentful step, you get tangled up in a little bit of the streamers, so it's like a little bit as to why the dex is not as high as it could be. And then as soon as we realize that I'm doing worse, mm-hmm. uh, I actually take my wand, cast light on it, mm-hmm. and that's when I extend it out suddenly. Cool. Ooh. At this point, I think Chris will make a, because now he's done fully reverberating, so now you see this beautiful crystalline claw come out, and it just kind of parries it, and it's like a dance, and he's dancing towards him dancing towards him and kind of you know, like in that you know beautiful sexual way and <laughs> kind of caresses our team's face with the claw awesome so why don't you both roll me either a spell attack or a melee attack sure. obviously you're not trying to harm each other but you're just making melee. a good show natural 20 hey that is a 22 nice wow so you both do very well on that one so there's a flash of thunder and light as sparks fly off of the spear as the crystal claw blocks it and the the walls of the tent blow back for just a minute, revealing the night air of the outside, and the audience is absolutely silent. And everything goes calm for just a moment as this crackling energy meets where the two weapons collide. And and this is where I'm going to um, say to Artem, I think we should start singing right now. And so so we just started like getting louder and louder and louder and... Sure. Yeah. Um, I figure uh, I like the contrast of you having a high voice and me having a low voice. So I've got like my really low, uh, like a draw slave cant kind of going. Mm, almost and just I, like keeping a tempo. Exactly. With like a light, almost like a falsetto on top. Mm-hmm. Yes. Chris is doing a very fluttery all over the place kind of falsetto. So before the finale part, I'll have each of you just roll a performance to see how good the music is on top of the actual act itself. Um, I'm going to do advantage on that. Okay, that is 22. I didn't realize we were going to roll performance. Uh, I have a, neg- a negative one, so I got a seven. Seven. Luckily, you're just doing kind of a, you're letting Chris lead musically. You're just giving a good bass tone. And I'm not sound. Yes, mm. exactly. <laughs> uh, so the audience is enthralled by this new beauty that's come on top of this horrible fight scene. So what is your big finish? Uh, so that's that's when I think we like clash so hard that we both kind of, pull back and then I think it would be great from there to go into like a uh, more magic casting so at that point I'll summon like spiritual weapons mm-hmm. and things like that that start like arcing through the air and cool. coming down and things like that Ooh, yes at this point instead of like kind of tantalizing him towards him he's just going to create his shield mm. Mm. Oh. so how about an arcana and a religion check this is, this is where it happens nope using luck Natural 20. Hey, nice. What up? Uh, That is a 15. That is just fine. So weapons of light fill the air and begin dancing around just inches above the audience's head. And as they all come in colliding at Chris, this shield of sound 
just pushes them all away, sliding Chris back against the far end of the ring, almost off guard. And I figure that's when all of the chakram will turn into the flaming sphere and start mm-hmm. chasing him around. And yeah, chasing that starts surrounding him. And so Chris will like run around the stage and towards the middle, like just in an accepting way takes like, has it all just like hit him, surround him. And that light will just flow and flow and flow. And if it's okay with you, I'll take a bit of damage. Mm, and at which, case, dungeon master. <laughs> at which case, Chris will then do a full on highest level using the ring at its full potential shatter. And awesome. I will at the same time use Radiance of Dawn to create an even bigger, like just sush. Yes. Awesome. So I'm going to get one last performance and religion check, it sounds like, because you're yeah. using magic and you're definitely putting on a show. Ooh, yeah, that is a 23. 20. So a ball of fire forms from the separate weapons and comes rolling, chasing Chris, dancing just in pirouettes around the ring, closing in in a spiral. And when you get to the center, you clap your hands together and the loudest thunder wave you've ever summoned comes forth. The top of the tent explodes skyward. Everything rattles left and right as some of the wooden poles snap in midair. And you put all of your magic and energy into this, not realizing the potential of your life sacrifice and taking the damage of both the flaming sphere and the radiance of dawn. Mm-hmm. And the audience is awash in a beam of pure white light, seeming like they will get vaporized, but the magic does not harm them. And when they come to and their eyes finally settle from the blinding light, they see Christ's body smoldering, laying on the center of the ring. And he seems to be slowly lifting off of the ground very gently as this dark draconic shape with wings begins to descend on wires, scoop him up. And do you grab onto Christ to lift him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as you wrap your arms around Christ, his body begins to vibrate, shaking your arms in a way that you can barely even hang on. And suddenly tiny pinholes of light start shooting out of Chris's body and long razor sharp crystalline spears jut out in every direction. Several of them puncturing you through your chest and arms. Ouch, Chris, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't remember exactly how much the ability deals, but I think let's say for now you Ooh. take 10 thunder damage. Okay. And Chris's eyes glow white and his claw is humming with energy as you struggling to lift him off the ground, pull him up into the rafters as these warding flares are after a pause of the confusion of what's actually going on. Mm -hmm. As you get into the darkness of the above light chasing you off, wincing and tiny drops of blood falling down from the ceiling. I will, I will run underneath, raise my hand. And as the blood falls on my face, I'll start like fake crying. Perfect. And with that, the lights go down. The tent slowly begins to fall apart. And the audience goes fucking bananas. It's, it's, very, it's a very avant-garde performance. The blood, the tears. Yeah, it's very Siegfried. So we cut to later that evening. The moon is high in the sky, a deep crimson red, and there is a bonfire erected where the tent was this morning. The well-to-do crew from the carnival are up on their feet dancing, listening to the music of Gerwalt. And a party has broken out, celebrating how well you've done. The crew made a lot of money. The nobles have been absolutely fascinated, wishing to hear when the next show from the Lord of Thunder, and I mean, the Lord of Light versus the Dancing Thunder, and seeing more of these amazing animals from far corners of the world. Lady Gessley is opening a very expensive bottle of what, some kind of Rogamian champagne. That was a hell of a show, I've got to say. I didn't know we had the dinners. I didn't either. And Chris just looks at his like crystal hand like, uh... And it cuts to the Geldenarian who is, in fact, pulling some shards of humming crystal out of Harathax's torso and covering them with bandages. 
I think it went okay. I mean, obviously some casualties happened, but the audience is all fine. <laughs> and Hemsworth's arms are folded next to you and he says, we must bleed for our art. Yes. <laughs> I think we got really good exposure tonight, guys. Mm. <laughs> I just realized it's actually going to show up on, on the uh, screen. Yes, the uh, audience of the LUQ is in for one special performance this Whoa. evening. We might get a little famous from this. <laughs> well, uh, if I we're ever near Lucinilli and we have any open slots, we'd love to have you perform with us again. I might have to polish up my performing. Unfortunately, I don't think I do so good with the, uh, the dancing and the singing. I think you did great. And uh, the Geldenarian, Kirsha, comes over and says, I think they'll be fine by the morning. They're starting to breathe regularly now. The swelling is going down. All oh, right, the sick people. Sorry, we were swept up in our own uh, applause. You had a job to do, I understand. Leave the healing to the professionals. No, she doesn't, she, she, she doesn't throw that much shade. Well, she, she does say it, but with a big smile. No, She's sure. obviously being very cheeky. The group of you have never partied with carnival folk before. It is festivities and dancing till the morning light, and you'll never forget it. But the next day, it might be hard to remember. Well, that was a damn fine show. Damn fine. Quite the ballet of magic and martial prowess from the mortal dawn, surely unlike anything the audience has seen before. Well, he just... he just wanted Thunder to leave him alone. He didn't want him dead. Uh, uh, what's gonna stick with me? Truly a defining night for new challenges and potential future requests for LUQ teams. What kind of improvised performances will the future hold when our teams start to get hired for more entertainment purposes? It's wild. Cause like, them going on a quest is a kind of entertainment for us. But when the quest is to entertain, like the old fashioned way, is it still a quest? Is it a, is it a step backwards or forwards? Ugh, getting all meta. Join us next time when it's back to basics as we follow more teams along heart-racing missions filled with intrigue and violent conflict. This ain't your grandma storybook. This is the League of Ultimate Questing. Oh, shit, that's great. I love it. Well, you guys were getting so into the describing things and having this. And I, I thought it would be a fun change from all the fighting and stuff. Oh, yeah. But oh, there yeah. was potentially going to be a fight in this episode. Oh, yeah. Oh. Think... Uh, the, the outro. I, the I'm outro. just brain dead oh, at this point. Oh, it's me. Yes. I have an outro to read. I still have a brain, I swear. Awesome possum, man. That was grating for some reason. <laughs> That's staying in the intro. My, uh, outro, rather. my teeth went to a 20 clinch. <laughs> well, after that, thank you for listening to the League of Ultimate Questing D&D Actual Play podcast. Uh, new episodes of our show go live every Monday right around, around 10 a.m. Pacific. And let's not forget the other people at the table. <laughs> and also who I am, which I haven't covered yet, but I'm going to start with this beautiful gentleman to the left of me. We try to start, we'll with, start with Sam. We're going to start with this Sam. beautiful gentleman character to the right of me. <laughs> yes, I'm Sam. I play Arvid, who is a beautiful gentleman. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Soft big boy. You're... Uh, uh, we've been we doing the same. Always, always, always in this way, yeah. Okay. okay. 
All right. Well, my name is Michael Loving, and I play Haruthax, the level six dragonborn warlock. Uh, my name is Alante Barakat, and I play Christ, the crystalline sorcerer, who has revealed his new sorceress origin feature. Mm. By what accident. Called? It's called, um, I believe, symbiotic regeneration. Yeah, symbiotic regeneration. I like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we gave you that ring. Mm-hmm. Um, I am Zach Barkas. I play Artyom Volkov, also known as the Lord of Sunlight, which was too goddamn cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also the technical director and editor and producer for Slapdash Studios. My name is Law. I'm the dungeon master for the League of Ultimate Questing and the creative director for Slapdash Studios. All right. Well, back to back to what I was trying to say before I skipped everybody. <laughs> uh, after our episodes go live Mondays, you can also catch bonus content every Friday created by Law and Zach. Uh, you can follow us on social media, Twitter, at Slap the Dash, Instagram, Believe the Same Thing. Yeah? Slap the Dash on Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. And in- Instagram and Twitter, also just Slap Dash on Facebook. You can visit our website, slapdashstudios.com or theluq.com, which will take you to the same place. Uh, there are links on the website to the Patreon page, world lore, photos, t-shirts, all that stuff. Uh, you can check out our other podcast that Law and Zach do with uh, D&D luminaries like Keith Baker. It is called D20 Questions. I don't know who else is on it. Uh, well, actually, I do know a couple other people who are on it. But if you want to know more about them, it's an interview show. It's an excellent opportunity for you to get to know more about them. <laughs> Uh, and if you want to check out the Patreon, you can get character sheets, maps, magic items, bonus podcasts like our level up episodes, our magic item shopping potentially as a bonus episode, <laughs> uh, Haruthax's one shot solo adventure from when I was gone because my wife had a baby and I wasn't going to be here during that. Which is yet I, to be recorded. Because I want to stay married. Uh, well, by fine. this time, I'm assuming might have <laughs> yeah, been. I hope so. I hope life It'll be me. on there eventually. If an entire month goes by and we haven't yeah. recorded it and put it out, I'm going to be pretty disappointed. <laughs> if, if life it, doesn't let me, I will be disappointed. It'll yeah. be on there eventually. So, uh, But other than that, until next time, we wish you luck. Uh, we'll cut to the evening performance. Uh, so we'll go. We're... Is that is that it? Yeah, we're is done. that the whole performance? The, the car died. <laughs> it's just a... <laughs> Everyone leaves. <laughs> so the show goes great after exactly three claps, which was all it was worth. <laughs>